lights are great, all these stuff is great, but the real gift, his name is Jesus. And in that gift is a gift that keeps on giving. And today we're going to do our part two in our Christmas gifts series. And as we do that, I pray that as we talked about hope last week, what a great word hope is, huh? Go up to someone and say, I have the no-so hope. Oh, yeah, that sounds confident. Come on, tell them, I have the no-so hope. I know who my God is, and I am persuaded. Mm. Oh, who he is and all we've done. So let's go before Father. Today we're going to be talking about this great love he's given us. Boy, what would we do without love? We need love. Every one of us has been built needing love and to be loved and to love. Let's go before Father. Father, thank you so much for who you are. Now I pray your Holy Spirit would just speak to our hearts today. Now Lord, out of our hearts, we worship you. And we give you praise and we give you honor. In the majestic, holy, righteous name of Jesus Christ we pray. All God's people said? Amen. Ready to worship the Lord? Let's go. Let's worship. We're going to take a journey this morning and go into part two of our the gifts of Christmas. And as we talk about this, we've talked about hope last week. Connect kids, you may be dismissed. As we talked about hope last week, it's a no-so hope. It's not like, well, I hope I have a good day or I hope I get to heaven. No, no. No, no. And what we did, uh, what I did, we played a hope game last week. How many remember the hope game? Yeah. It was one big bucks, huh? <laughs> and so you spin the hope game and, you know, I hope I get it. I hope I win. I hope I win. I hope I win. And it lands on something you didn't pick. And, well, man, maybe next time. And you spin it. I hope. I hope. That's not God's game. God doesn't want you to live that way. God wants you to live with a, I know who God is and I know what he's going to do. And then last week we played God's game. In God's game, you win every time when you, you're faithful. You win every time when you seek his face. You win every time when you find yourself in prayer. He'll give you the direction. He'll give you the help. That's God. God will, will show up and do an incredible work in you and through you. And today we're going to talk about L-O-V-E. Look at your neighbor and say, Love. <laughs> and if you, if, you feel, if you really feel confident, you can say, love your sister, love your brother. If it's your wife, you can give her a wink and wink and say, love you. I want, to, um, I want you to think about songs of Christmas. Songs of Christmas. I like Christmas songs. In my house, my dog sings to my clock all year long. And we get a little tired of it sometimes and we shut the clock off because it plays Christmas songs. 365. And my dog loves to sing. He loves to sing. Every time he hears music, I can, you could can be humming, he just loves to sing. And sometimes you teach a dog to sing and you're like, ooh, my dog sings. And sometimes you wish you never did. We're going to play a game this morning, though. How many like to play a game? Huh? Yeah. Okay, I see those hands. Some are not sure yet, like they're half up, half down. I'm not sure if I want to play the, what kind of game you have, Pastor. Yeah. We're going to play the game, Name That Christmas Song. I'm going to give you a verse. You've got to let me say the verse before you guess. Is that an agreement? Don't shout it out until I'm done. Amen? All right, here it goes. Let's see how well you see, you know your Christmas carols. Here it goes. 
What's that one? <laughs> that was just a test. That was a test. That was Silent Night. You missed it. <laughs> here it goes. Here it goes. I'll read a... F- oh, no. That's the directions. I already did that already. <laughs> when we finally kiss goodnight, how I hate going out in the storm. But if you really hold me tight all the way home, I'll be warm. Let it snow. Amen. All right. Here it goes. Number two. Oh, that would have been good, too. Please have, please have some snow and mistletoe, mistletoe and presents under the tree. I'll be home for Christmas. All right, good. You guys didn't get that one too good. All right, here goes. This was a tough one. This was a tough one. At the Christmas party hop, mistletoe hung where you can see every couple tries to stop. That's right, good, good, all right, all right. Here's an easy one. I think everybody can say it. Now, if it is undone, everybody, everybody gets it. Everybody will just tell me, because you're going to get this one. In the meadow, we can build a snowman and pretend he's Possum Brown. He'll say, are you married? And we'll say, no, ma'am, but you could do the job while you're in town. Wait to Wonderland! <laughs> Now, did you know, did you know that all Christmas songs, so many of them, you hear married, mistletoe, uh, kiss goodnight, have a lot to do with relationship. A lot of Christmas songs are talking about relationship. And I don't know if you know this or not, but um, Valentine's Day is not the only day that's talking about love. Christmas actually talks a lot about love in the Christmas songs. And I don't know if you know this or not, but but Valentine's Day does not hold the corner on love. Christmas, really day and Christmas Eve does. Do you know, do you know that more people get engaged on Christmas Eve than on Valentine's Day? Do you know, how many knew that? How many knew that? How many of you got engaged or even married on um, Christmas Eve. Now, I do know the Casalonis were married on Valentine's Day. I know that for a reason. Hmm. You see, it's really interesting that Cupid doesn't have the edge on love. And I'll tell you why. Because Christmas is all about love. For God so loved the world that he came for you. It's the greatest love story ever told, ever did. And I want you to understand that. That's so important. That's wrong. You got the wrong um, PowerPoint. One, you got the wrong PowerPoint. Yep. It's a wrong PowerPoint. They're giving this. Well, it's, it's on, the, it's on this, 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 this right here on the other side. It's on the other, um, it's on the other um, screen to your right. I put it there. Okay, while they're doing that, unless you guys want me to do last week's, I can do last week's all over again. Because <laughs> I like, ah, there we go. That was quick. Ah, there we go, right there. Is it working? Um, yeah, great, great, All right, awesome, okay. So the gift of love is so important. So let's look at this for a moment. How God gives works. We talked about this last week. 
If you're going to receive a gift from God, you have to receive God. Jesus Christ gives it freely. Someone say freely. Okay? Second, we need to receive it willingly. See, God's going to give it. It's freely. But just because God gives you a gift, you have a right to say yes or no to it. You have to receive it willingly. And you have to remind yourself daily that God's gift always comes with a promise. Someone say a promise. If you choose to apply God's gift to every situation or every circumstance that comes into your life, you're going to see God do a work. But if you don't want to receive it, because sometimes people are get a little bit like, you know what, I'm not going to open that gift. And we do that with God all the time. And so God's gift, God gives it freely, but you got to receive it willingly, and then you got to remind yourself daily that God's word, God's gift, comes with a promise. Now, the greatest love story is all about Jesus coming to the world, and from the foundations of the earth, there was a promise that Jesus was going to come. We talked about it last week from Genesis 3.15, the first promise of fulfillment. And all that Jesus did for you, why? Because he loves you. Now, I'm gonna know, I don't know how many times maybe you look in the mirror and you say, I don't love me. Why would God love me? Maybe you flopped. Maybe you messed up. Maybe you made it, you know, made a mess and a half. And, you know, and you... And someone says, God loves you. Yeah, sure, uh-huh. You see, we have a hard time loving us. The reason why we have a hard time loving us is we're always looking at us through our own eyes, not the eyes of God. We have to look through our, our lives through the eyes of God and his word and what he says about you. The Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Look at your neighbor and just tell them that. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Make sure everybody gets that. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You need to get that deep in your heart, this whole thing that Jesus has done for you and I, to step into the world of darkness so that you and I can have love. There's so many people searching for things to try to complete themselves. If I only had, if I can only attain, if I can only get to this point, and they want it. It's, it's, a, it's a life of obtaining. It's not a life of joy. It's not a life of fulfillment. And we only have one life to live, Right? And so we have to ask ourselves a question. What are my values? What are my priorities in life? What's important to me? And is what's important to me, is that what I need to focus on? So in a second, last week, you got a gift. The gift was um, these little things. You're going to be getting a gift any second now, and it's in a very shortly here. You're going to be getting a gift, but last week was this booklet. And this booklet was to remind you so that you could start taking notes and God gives you thoughts or you're in your scriptures and you can start putting these things down in the the deal. Today, in this bag is your next gift. Now, it's hard to pull out the gold bar. You can start handing them out. Today, you're going to get a gift, a Christmas ornament to put on your Christmas tree that says believe. And inside the believe is, is, a, is what they call love in action. It's the 
nativity. It's, it's the message of love. It's what Jesus Christ has come to the earth to do. And with that is a small devotion on Christmas, on the holy night. And just remind you that this holy night was holy because of love. But how does that take place? It takes place because you believe. If you don't believe, you're not going to receive. And this is really important for all of us to know that. Let's take a moment and let's remind ourselves what happened during the Christmas moment when Jesus came into the world. I want you to remember that when he came into the world, he came in for you. You say, well, that came out a long time ago. I wasn't even thought of. I wasn't even bought. God did the present active indicative, he, an act that's done now is going to benefit everybody in the present, past, and the future. It's going to benefit one act. It's going to continue for everybody. But God so loved the world that he gave. One of the beautiful things in the world is that we have hearts that are like our God who is giving, loving, caring, and he loved you so much. So I want you to place that gift, but we're going to talk about believe because, see, if you can't receive the gift of love if you don't believe it. You can't receive love if you don't believe that someone loves you. Run across a lot of people who just can't receive that someone can love them. Me? Why would anybody love me? You know, every one of us in this room could say that. At one time in our life, we probably have said that. What is in me that I'm lovable? I don't even know what. Yeah, that's because you're seeing life through your own eyes, but not seeing it through the one who so loves you. This is the most important thing is how you talk to yourself. How you, you, you know, you talk to yourself more than anything else. You, when you talk about people, uh, this didn't do this. and this, You talk to yourself more terrible to put yourself down than anybody else. And no matter what people say to you, you're your worst critic. Because if you're listening to anybody, you're listening to yourself 24-7. And even when you're laying down at night looking up, you're still grumbling. Why? It's because you're, you're, you're thinking your thoughts, not his thoughts. You're thinking your ways, not his ways. So let's look at this portion of scripture that we're going to stay on for a little bit until it gets into our hearts. Found in Luke chapter 2, the Christmas story, and there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night, an ordinary night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shined around them, and they were terrified. What is happening? But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. That makes my socks, oh, jump. My liver quiver. Fills my boat, causes it to flow. I can almost take a Holy Ghost jog. Verse 11, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger, and suddenly, suddenly, I love this part. This, oh, it's so exciting. A great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. 
I get that. His favor rests. Who, me? Yeah, yeah. His love. When his love is on you, his favor is on you. But I don't deserve it. No, we don't. None of us do. But that's what God's gift of love is. Aren't you happy? Hit somebody and say, that's all for you. Come on, hit them. It's all for you. I, I want you to get this. This is it's really important. Because, see, you got to have hope in the message to believe about this great love. You say, well, I'm not lovable. I don't think anybody can love me. That's you talking. Stop the stinking thinking. It will destroy you. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Amen. We're all in that room, but we're all in the room for improvement. Amen? You can tell your neighbor, hey, you need a lot of improvement. Yeah, good, just go ahead. You can tell them that. They ought to say amen because we all need a lot of improvement. Come on, take out the wood and saws and let's chisel it away. When it comes to love, everyone wants to be loved. It's a core of who we are. We want to be loved. But not only that, but we also have to love others. So often when I talk to people, they want their family members or friends or whatever, and they want them to act a certain way so they can feel loved. And I say, well, instead of working so hard so you feel loved, what are you doing to love? What are you doing? What part do you play on loving the other person? I know you want to be loved, and you want it your way, like Burger King, but what are you doing to love the other person their way? Just a thought. Because love it reciprocates. Hello. Let me go one step further. God has created the woman to be a responder. God has created the man to lead. If the man does not lead well, the responder will not respond well. It's kind of like how God created it. But when a woman feels safe and secure and love, that response is going to come. But if the woman does not feel safe and feel secure and all of the other stuff that God, then that person is not going to respond very well. But that person, before they respond, have to make sure that they're thinking on what God says and not what they say. So you can, have a, you can have a male or female, and they're trying to love their spouse, but because their spouse has a way of thinking that blocks them and say, I, I can't receive your love because I don't deserve it. Then that person will not receive the love and miss out the depth in relationship because they don't know how to receive it. They haven't been taught. They they, it hasn't been talked, and therefore it hasn't been done. And so when you think about God's love, I'm going to go quickly today and give you eight things of the love of God. Because this is what Christmas is all about. It's about the gift of love that keeps on giving. I don't know about you, but if you want to have a full life, you need to know you are loved and you need to love. And if you can do those two well, love thy God with a heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself, you could do those two well, you will have a fulfilled life. 100% guaranteed. And there's not a lot of things in life that are guaranteed. So I want you to understand something, is that if you have a problem with love 
and you don't know what love looks like, or maybe you not grew up with love, then you might have a problem receiving love because you haven't been surrounded by it. But if you get into the word of God and you start to listen to the word of God and you start to hear how Jesus has responded to you, you get to know what love looks like. And we're going to talk about that. See, I had to learn these lessons in life. It didn't come easy for me. I went through my times of learning and growing and understanding what love looks like and how God and what God has done and truly how to be a person who can open the heart and even be vulnerable at times because love does. I love that book, Love Does, because love did and his name is Jesus. Let's look at a few things here. Write these things down in your books. Get them in your heart. Because if we're going to truly be the people that God you, you want God, you want God to be in you, you want to be the people that really takes God at his word, then we need to remind ourselves of what God has done. First, we are called to believe, receive, and give his love to others. Now, once you get that, we've got to believe first. That's why you have something that says believe. Because most of the time we know about love, but we don't believe we're loved. We may know about love, but we have a hard time receiving love. And sometimes, this is biggie, we have a hard time giving love. I'm not sure. I probably I haven't said I love you, you know, to my wife since, well, let's see, since I got married. Well, that's a problem. There was an old guy and an old woman, <laughs> an older couple, they went to counseling. They were both 80 years old, and the wife was upset. Wife said to the counselor, you know, in all of the years that we've been married, he has only told me he loved me one time. So the counselor looked at the man and said, is this true? He said, yes, it's true. The counselor said, why? Well, I told her right in the beginning, if anything changes, I'll let her know. Nothing's changed. That may sound great on his perspective, but to build relationships, you've got to have communication. If you do not have communication, your relationship, your love is never going to grow because communication is one of the majors in the foundations of life. And love was communicated when love came down in the form of a baby. Let's look at this portion of scripture. I want you to look at this, get it in your heart. Memorize it if you can. 1 John 3, 23 and 24. And this, is, and this is his command, to believe in the name of his son. So we get to believe. Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he's commanded us. Those who obey his commandments live in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. There's a biggie. We know it by the spirit he gave us, called relationship. We're going to build everything on this brick this morning. In order for you to allow his love to permeate your life, you need to start off believing what God's word says. Christ came down to give you a gift of love that you can open up, unwrap it every day. 
Yeah, but I don't feel loved. My mom don't love me. My father don't love me. My, whoever don't love you, it may be 100% true, but God loves you. I understand that, but God loves you. That changes the equation. It changes your path. It changes everything because greater is he now in me than around me in this world. So we are called to first believe, to receive of God's gifts, and then give it out to others. Someone say amen. Get that in your heart. It will change your life. Number two, when we believe this gift of love, it gives us eternal life. Someone, someone say praise the Lord. You know, there's a promise to every gift. John 3, 15, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Look at your neighbor and just smile. Come on, just smile, you know? You got eternal life. That should make your liver quiver. Come on. We have eternal life. This gift of love leads us to eternal life. Number three, when you believe you experience sacrificial love. You get to see what it looks like when we see the cross. From the cradle to the cross. From the cradle to the cross is a message of love. Write that down. From the cradle to the cross is a message of love. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. Check your giving. I know, check your loving. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but save the world through him. That's a promise. That's an intervention. And love intervenes. When you see someone you love, do you just do nothing? You saw your child playing in traffic. Do you leave them there? then why do we leave other people that are having problems and stuff and we say that we love them, but we don't, we don't try to do anything about the situation. We just pretend it's not there. Oh, well, that's just the way they are. Really? Love does. Come on, someone say, love does. I'm going to get that into your heart until it becomes part of your action. Number four, when you believe, you receive unconditional love. I love that. When you believe, you receive. Romans 5, 7 and 8. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You didn't deserve it. He came to a world darkened. He put up with all of the religious leaders, and eventually the religious, religious leaders are going to send him to the cross where he's going to suffer for you and I. And yet on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What is those words? Those words of love. Love, because when you love, you forgive. People who cannot forgive do not have, have a problem with love. People who cannot forgive have a problem with love. Whenever we hold on to something, it's because we're more thinking about us than we're thinking about the one who bought us with his blood. Jesus says in his word, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Hello. 
How important is that? So when Christians come together and, and, you know, and you can't forgive one another, there's a problem with that. But the problem is with the person who cannot forgive. Because Jesus says, if you don't forgive, I'm not going to forgive you. And when you stand before God, you want God to forgive you. Amen? Can, can anybody here, you've never made one mistake and you've lived a perfect life. Raise your hand. Go ahead. Just raise it. Because if so, I'm sitting down and you're coming back up here and you're preaching. All have fallen short of God's glory. All have sinned. We need a Savior. That's what these gifts are all about. Stop talking about people. Stop talking about Jesus. Hello. You see, the thing is, it's all about love. Look at this. This is one of my favorites. When you believe, you learn God's love. You see, this is it. When you believe, you start to learn about God because you're believing in God's word. You're in God's word. You're studying God's word. You're putting yourself in a place where God's word is being communicated, and you're going to now learn it so you can live in it. Look what it says. This is a powerful portion of scripture in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 to 12. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Where does love come from? God. Yeah. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. That's relationship. Verse 8. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love. That's his characteristics. That's his attributes. That's who he is. So in order for you to know the God of hope, you got to know him that he's a God of love. So if we can't love others, there's a problem there. This is how God showed his love among us. Watch this, watch this. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. You see where the power to love comes from? This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God is so loved, so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Someone say, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. Man, when I think about this, it amazes me of what God is doing. Because God is a big God. I, I want you to get that. I, I want you to understand that God is always doing something powerfully and wonderfully and you and I need to understand how big God is. God is a God. God's love is unmeasurable, okay? It, it, how deep and wide is God's love? Remember the song, deep and wide? Yeah. How many remember singing that song? How many still know it? Yeah, I break out an orchestra right now and see how good you guys are. So let's, let me just, I love this illustration. I've done this before, but I want you to understand that this is God. And to some people, God don't look like much. Small little can. Love, L-O-V-E. If I love pizza or God loves me, still L-O-V-E. And yet, and yet, God 
is rich in love, the Bible says, rich in love. And there's so often is that what's in this can has a purpose. God's love has a purpose. But so often, we don't always use the things of God with the right purposes. You know, we know God loves us, but we still do what we want to do. You know, we know God loves us, but we still want to carry an attitude. We, we, we know God loves us, but we still, you know, want to talk about somebody. Or, you know, you want to find their faults. And in the midst of all that, God says to you and me, I love you, and this is you. He wants to fill you with, oh, let me just shake this thing. You know, if you shave, you always want to shake it, guys. And everybody said, <laughs> shake it with somebody and throw the, throw the. When, when you let God fill you with his love, this is important. God wants to fill you up. But how many of you really want to be filled up with God's love? You say, God, I want all of you. I want all of you. Even though, Lord, I don't deserve it, God says, daughter, son, you don't deserve it. But I love you, and I want to just keep filling your life with my love. Because, you know what? I love you, and because I love you, just let me pour my love into your life. I know you can't contain it because the Bible says you can't contain my love because my love is uncontainable, but I still want to lavish upon you. I still want to pour you in my love because I love you, son. I love you, daughter. Can you just receive it? You just got to be saying, are you willing? Are you willing? And you say, God, I want your love in my life. I really do. And, and I'll tell you what, he keeps on giving more. Even when you think he has no more gift, God keeps on coming and keeps on coming and keeps on giving. And let's see how high we can go. Oh, boy. I'm telling you, this is, this is what God wants to do in our heart and our life. He wants to fill us up with his love. I mean, think about this. Hey, Pa. Going to leave room for the cleaners. And they're going to say, oh, Pastor, and his illustrations. And, and so, but God still wants to fill your heart up. But we go, well, God, you know, I don't know if I, I don't know if I deserve it. God says, I have all this, and you don't want to receive it? Think about it. If God has all this love, why are you fighting it? Just know you're not perfect, but you are forgiven, and therefore start afresh. Every day is a new day with no mistakes. Someone give praise in the house of the Lord because he's a good God. He's a great God. There's none like him. He's worthy. He's worthy. Uh, any men after service you want to shave, there's some shaving cream up here for you. We'll let your wife shave you after this. It's important for you and I to understand the depth of God's love for you. That is, his love is so much. And sometimes we're, we can't even receive the little bit of God's love. And to understand the depth that God has done for you and I. It's unfathomable. It's, it's unmeasurable because that's who God is. Let me, let me share this with you in number six. When you believe, you will learn God's love is always there, always there. Not according to how you feel, not according to your, uh, your um, success or not having success. God's love is always there. Someone say always. Psalms 36, 5 and 7 says, Your love, O Lord, 
reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice is like the great deep. O Lord, you preserve both man and beast. How priceless is your unfailing love. Both high and low among men find refuge in the shadow of your wings. God's love is always there. So when you go through a situation or a problem or you're not feeling good or you're feeling lonely or you're feeling outcast or you're just feeling down, I want you to remember the gift of love that came at Christmas. He left all of heaven because he was crazy about you. This is important for you and I to understand. Look at number seven. When you believe, you experience God's steadfast love. This is so important. These two scriptures here, Isaiah 54, 10. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but the steadfast love shall not, shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Lamentation 3, 22 and 24. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Someone say amen. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You can only say that if you truly believe God. You see, when you have a problem, when you have a situation, when the doctors say some bad news, when you get disappointments, is your God still there? Do you believe he's still there? The steadfastness of the Lord never changes. He is there. He does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is faithful. Give him some praise in the house of the Lord because he so deserves it. So deserves it. Number eight, when you believe, you learn the depth of God's love. That has been given to us. This is the problem, I think, within the church. They stop learning how deep God's love is. You might have learned the song when you were younger, but as we get older, we start getting problems. And as we get in problems, we start to focus on the problems, and we don't focus on the solution because the solution is God. It's about changing our own attitudes. It's about changing how we're thinking. It's about changing our perception and how we approach it and how we handle it. Remember, the problem is never the problem. I'm going to say that again. Remember, the problem is never the problem. The problem becomes a problem when we focus on the problem more than the problem. That's the biggest problem. Did you get that? It's not the problem that's a problem. It's how we respond to the problem that becomes the greater problem. Ephesians 2, 4, and 10. Listen to what it says. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't get me preaching now. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages, the best is yet to come, in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not 
from yourself. It is a, here it goes, everybody say it, gift of God. Gift of God for you. It's God's gift. You got to keep on unwrapping it. Keep on unwrapping it. Enjoy it every day. Not by works so that no one, no one should boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God wants you to do something with the gift that he's given unto you. Amen? This is important for you and I to understand. But it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen if we don't realize that God needs to be first. This is an egg catch. <laughs> the egg is fragile, and this is you, the egg. And so what happens so often is that when you look at an egg, we look at it as being, how do I say, it could be very dainty and yet very strong. If you took an egg from one end to the other end and, and try to break it like this, chances you're not going to break it. It's really hard to break. But if you take it on the sides, it's going to break really easy. You see, the glass, the glass is God. But you and God are separated, usually by sin, rebellion. You're separated by what you want to do. I, I want to call it sin and self. And the thing is, for you and I, is to get in the presence of God, to get in the, uh, in the presence of God, to, to be close to God, to allow his love to fill our hearts just like we have here. You see, when God fills our hearts, could you imagine? This may look like a mess, but this is one person full of God, full of God's love. And there are some people who live full of God's love. And you can tell them by the way they live and the way they treat people and the way they love people and the way they care and the way they have a sensitivity for the things of God. And because they're full of God's love, they understand the gift of love and they're full of it. They're just full of God's love. Their whole life is about God. But in this situation, sometimes sin prevents us from getting where we need to be. And what we really need to do is to make a choice. Just to make a choice. Oh, I missed. It's worked every single time. You, and what happens is when you get rid of the sin in our life, we end up right in the presence of God. We get into what's preventing you from receiving all of God's love. What is it? What's preventing you from really receiving it? Because it's something, it may not be a toilet roll and a piece of cardboard, but this is just much of a barrier than the things that we put in our life or the things that we think or the things that we complain about or looking at the negative and looking at the humdrum and, and all of a sudden seeing all of the terrible things that's taking place in the world and looking at this and looking at that. But we're not looking at the Lord. What is it? What's preventing us from really being in the presence? That's up to you have to answer that. When I think of this, it reminds me of this portion of Scripture that I thought was pretty powerful. Look what it says here. Romans 8, 35, 39. 
Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, persecution or famine, nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to the slaughter. Paul's speaking right from the heart. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, when you're connected to God, there's nothing that's going to disconnect you because you're connected. When you're Lamp is plugged into the electrical socket. The electricity is there. The light's going to be on. Well, your light's going to be on if you're connected to God. It's a beautiful thing. How is it going to happen? Well, let's review real quick. God's gift of love has to be received. We're called to believe it, to give his love to others. When you believe his gift of love will give you eternal life. When you believe his gift of love, you'll experience his sacrificial love. When you believe, you'll receive unconditional love. When you believe, you'll learn God is love. When you believe, you'll learn God's love is always there for you no matter what. When you believe, you'll experience God's steadfast love. I love this. When you believe, you'll learn the depth of God's love. It's deep. The problem is, no matter what you go through, I want you to understand something. Never let anything try to sway you from what God's word says. When you feel down, when you feel out, when you feel so lonely, when you just feel like, you know, you could be in a room with 10,000 people and you still feel by yourself, I want you to understand something. God is right there with you. Greater is he that's in me than in the world. He's right there with you. Why? God's gift of love is for you. It's so important for all of us to understand. He wants us to be right in his word, surrounded in relationship. Don't allow stuff to get in the way. You know, people say, well, I have, I don't know, I have some stuff I know. I say, well, the first thing I say, are you reading God's word? Are you reading, are you praying? Are you reading? Are you seeking him? Are you talking to him? That's the first thing. Those are the first things when a person backslides, that's the first thing to go is communication. They have no more. That love becomes something else. They love other things and, and it replaces the love of God with other things just like Romans 1 tells us. So I'm going to challenge you today. I want you to think about this. It's really important. All of us, at one time or another, deal with love. They're receiving God's love. Willfully receiving it, because God freely gives it. And do you struggle with receiving love? Do you sometimes point out your faults and maybe your past, maybe your past decisions? Do you, do you live by your past or do you live by your present? Do you struggle with 
Forgiving yourself. Do you struggle with forgiving others? Do you struggle with just receiving God's love? Do you forgive yourself for your own choices that you've done? If God can forgive you, do you have a right to hold on to it yourself if God Almighty says, I forgive you? Think about it. You see, the first one that I talked about is you have to believe, you have to receive, and then because you believe and receive, then you can now give. It's like a process. You can't give out to people that you don't have. You have to receive it. I want you to be hungry. I tell people all the time, how hungry are you for God? And they say, oh, I'm hungry. And I say, well, how often have you been eating of the word, eating of talking with him? How much time do you spend in one week? How much time do you spend with God? If you and God was a relationship, how strong is your relationship? I say that in the physical aspects, in relationships. If you're not spending relation time with you know, your relationships that you have and spending no time, yeah, they know I love them. I don't go so far. Time is the greatest gift of exhibiting love. Love is spelt sometimes T-I-M-E. Love is also spelt sharing and caring about the important things of life. God needs to be first. And when you put God first, they start to see God being important, a value in your life. And when they start to see what God's doing and how God's changing you, that's how my wife came to the Lord because I was drastically changed by the love of God. I no longer was the same person. My whole heart was towards the Lord. He had revolutionized, changed my heart Totally. That's what love does. Love transforms. Close your eyes for me for a moment before we go into communion. Just I want you to think about God's love and I want you to think about you receiving God's love. I want you to think about how you receive forgiveness, how you forgive. This is probably one of the greatest challenges for all of us because sometimes we hold on to things and because we hold on to things, it prevents us from receiving the fullness of God's love. God wants us to receive of his love. You're here today, and you're watching online. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. The first thing to do is to make Jesus your Savior. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, the Bible says. And so I ask right now, do you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior right now? Just say, God, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. And ask him to come on in. Ask him to forgive you. If you're here today and you're not 100% sure that heaven's your home, then you just right now say, God, come into my heart right now. I want to know you. I want to serve you. Right now, in the name of Jesus, receive him. And I pray right now God would do a work in you and through you. Father, I pray right now that those that want to make you savior of their heart and life, will you touch them and will you bring them to a full understanding? Right now, Lord, as they confess their sins and receive you, Jesus, the gift of love, may they understand and be transformed by this true love of Jesus Christ. Thank you for forgiving our sins and thank you for giving us new life, abundant life in Jesus' name. Now, how many of you here would say that you have a hard time receiving God's love? Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Yes, yes, yes. 
How many of you have a hard time sometimes forgiving other people? You know, it's just really hard. Okay, good. Okay, okay. How many of you sometimes have a hard time forgiving yourself? You have a hard time forgiving yourself. Okay, okay. I want you to know right now, from this day forward, I want you to rearrange, knowing what you know, I no longer want you to struggle with this anymore. Because you have to know that his love is greater than my than his love is greater than any anybody's love. Amen. And if he loves you and forgives you, do we own, do we have any weight to hold it hold our own view anymore? No. So those that raise your hands, I want you to just stand to your feet right where you are. Just raise your hands. Those that raise your hands, stand to your feet right where you are. I want you right now. This is where you have to change the way you think. You have to change the way you think in order to, for God to change in your heart and life. You cannot hold on to unforgiveness. Uh, You've got to be quick to forgive because Christ is quick to forgive you. You have to be quick to uh, receive of his love. You do not live by your past. You do not live by your past. I'm going to say it one more time because I feel strong in my spirit. You do not live by your past. You live by what God is doing in you now. Forgetting those things which are behind you, I now press forward for the things of which before me. This is exactly what Paul the Apostle had to do. This is exactly what we have to do. And so we need to take on the love of God and let God fill you right now. So place your hands up. Those that stand there, I want you to put your hands in the air. We're going to pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to you and a fresh touch right now. Father, I ask right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would flow upon this place and touch individuals that they may know this great love that you have for them, that they may know and grow deeper in the depth of your plans and of your purposes. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that the heaviness, the confusion would now be gone in the name of Jesus. I come against every authority that brings harm and affliction. I come against every authority that brings uh, um, uh, disunity, I pray right now that you, God, would just touch bodies, touch minds, renew by the transformation by your spirit of your love. I pray right now, God, they release those things. They release those that they have something against. No longer will they carry, but they will cast all things unto you. And Lord, as they cast, I pray right now that you would do a work in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, do a work, Father, right now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Can you give God some praise in the house of the Lord? (laughs) Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 10.30 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.